Amen. Can we put our hands together this morning and give God a cheer? Amen. Come on, how many are thankful that he's your provider this morning? Amen. How many believe you're more important than a blade of grass or a flower or a bird to the Lord? Amen. The Bible says that if he can provide for all those things, how many know he's going to provide for you? Amen. And as we seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things that we're worried about and praying about, the Bible says are going to be added unto us this morning. Amen. Can we just lift our hand and say, Lord, I thank you that you're my provider. I thank you, my Jehovah Jireh. You're the one that I look to this morning for everything, Lord. I completely depend on you, Lord. You never disappoint. Lord, I love you. I praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. you. may be seated today. Good to see everybody. And... Uh, we're just excited about what God's doing here at the church, in your life, and in your family's life. And we do celebrate family. And uh, last week I, I celebrated my birthday, and, and uh, it came and went. It just came and went. But I'm excited because one of the things that I'm very thankful for, um, and I said it last week, is my wife and kids. And, and that's just really a, a gift right there in itself. And um, how many have teenagers? Let me see your hand. You have teenagers, anybody, teenagers, couple people, little kids, right? We have a lot of, lot of families here, and uh, yeah, and Anthony's like, yeah, I got kids. <laughs> They're all over the place. No, and uh, that's how we feel. You know, as your kids get older, you feel like, man, I'm kind of, our home is, we're getting crowded. We're running out of space, and, and uh, we've been running out of food for a long time. Now we're running out of space, and and uh, everything and you know something I re realized something about teenagers so interesting very very interesting about teenagers they're glued to their phone until you try to get a hold of them you ever notice this have you noticed this I mean they're on their phone constantly and then when you try to get a hold of them like they don't know where the on button is uh, 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 wasn't on the battery died I left in the car are you kidding come on right so we, we we're right there we're, we understand where that is and uh, we, we understand how that works. I, I just really wanted to spend a couple weeks in talking about family matters, and I feel like it's important to the Lord's heart about family. You know, the Bible uh, over and over again really describes the church as a family, and we kind of really um, base a lot, well, just about everything on the family structure and uh, in the Christian life. And so family is so important, and I wanted to spend a couple weeks on that and I feel like it's important to do that how many know it's important about family right faith and family it's so important um, to focus on those things and we, we want to do that here in our church and we value family we value um, our kids and marriage it's so important isn't it and especially today in our culture I think you know our culture needs to see an example of marriage and family and and uh, what men and women look like amen and what children look like and godliness looks like in a home and so we really like them focus on that so I'm gonna do my best in the next couple weeks to do that I'd like to really talk in, in a couple weeks and and even start a podcast um, I think my first one's gonna be with brother Rick Douglas we want to talk about the blessings of work and uh, and then how to teach your children the principles of work and so um, I hope I didn't lose you right there a lot of people like oh you said a four-letter word behind the pulpit that's not good in Proverbs chapter 22 I'm going to go in the Old and New Testament, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. One translation says, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. In Ephesians chapter 6, 
in verse 4. Paul is ending a letter to the Ephesian church and felt it was so necessary to talk about family and giving some principles there about family. And one of the things he says is he dresses fathers and he says, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath or anger, but bring them up. Bring them up in the fear and admission of the Lord or the admonition or the nurturing of the Lord. Amen. And so we want to talk to you this morning about getting your children ready to go. Getting your children ready to go. Amen. In Proverbs 22, it talked about that we need to train our children. How many believe that, as the Bible says, children are an inheritance from the Lord? It says they're inheritance. And then it talks about, in the next verse, it talks about a reward. And that word there, you, you know, goes back and forth between the word inheritance, reward, and gift. How many believe that your children are a gift from the Lord? Amen. In fact, we prayed for a, a beautiful gift this morning. A gift from the Lord. Now, it doesn't feel like they're a gift when you're changing diapers, cleaning messes, washing dirty underwear. You know, I mean, you know, some moms feel that that's all they do. That's all they do, like literally. And uh, how many know it doesn't feel much like a gift at that point, but we can still say they're a gift from the Lord. You know, they say that the average child goes through about 4,000 diapers in, you know, that when they're being, you know, in that childhood phase. And so how many know that's a lot of dirty diapers, right? And, uh, you know, I, I always thought it was funny that the word diaper spelled backward is repaid. <laughs> Did you ever notice that? How many have felt like you're changing diapers, you're getting repaid for something, right? <laughs> what did I do? God is getting me back. Anyways, and so they're an inheritance from the Lord. But, you know, with every gift that God gives us, He gives us the grace to unpack it. He gives us the grace to... to to uh, handle that gift, to, to be responsible with that. Come on, somebody, right? And so God gives us grace. You know, the day that we uh, had our firstborn and at the hospital and, and uh, un unfortunately with, with our circumstance that Tyler just wanted to do things a little different and uh, so he, he was sick and we didn't see him for what the first, he wasn't home for the first, what, 17 days or something like that or even longer, yeah, and my wife knows all the details. So... But we, were, we would have to go down to, her, uh, to uh, Hershey or to Geisinger and visit him. And then he, they moved him to Williamsport. And he was there for over a week. And we had to, you know, just bring him in and nurse and then go home and, and everything. But, you know, even during that time, I just felt the weight of the responsibility and the burden. Like, man, I got to, like, name this person. I have to, like, teach this person. I have to, am I the type of person that really can teach anybody anything that's great? And so, you know, you, you have... But you know, at that same time, you know, if you just had a newborn, you, you understand. It's like it kind of blows you away. It's, it's so phenomenal. But, you know, at the same time, I realized that the grace of God was on my wife's life and on our life to raise this child. We didn't even know. It's like, what do you feed it? What do you do? What do you do this if it, if it has this? And we had all these books. And my wife was so, you know, she was so careful about reading all the books. And she read all the books about, you know, what to expect when you're not even expecting. I don't know. Whatever. She read all those books. And so, you know, we, we were planned that way, but we knew that God's grace was on our life to raise this child. And we knew that God's grace, and then, you know, by the, the, you know, the time we had the twins, we were like, we got this, all right? Well, I actually told my wife, you got this. No. And, uh, 
That's the way it was. And, but, you know, how many know God's grace is on your life? So if you have one or 15, it doesn't matter. God's grace is on your life to raise your child. And the Bible says in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So it's not just your responsibility as a parent to raise your children, but it is your opportunity and your privilege to raise your children. You know, how many, how many looked at it like that? You may not think of it that way. And I, I know there's a lot of people in here and there's a lot of families that you, you're just crazy busy. You're going in different directions, especially as the kids get older and you're going all these sports, you know, things. And they're going to three different schools and you're doing three different sports programs. You know, and, but how many are thankful that God's grace moves at the speed of crazy? Amen. You know, and so you work in a couple jobs, but God's grace is there. God's strength is there. God's wisdom is there. And so we have to understand that one of the things we understand is that we, we are able to train, we're able to raise, we're able to instruct children according to the Word of God by God's grace. How many know it's by faith that we do all the things that we do? It's by God's faith because He's given us His grace, we can do it. And so we can say we can do it. But I want to talk to you this morning about something that I realized that we're raising our children for independence. We're raising our children and releasing them into the world. It's so important that we understand that it doesn't feel that way when they're little. You just think, oh, it's going to be this way for a long, long time, and they're never going to get out of diapers. They're never going to do this. Before you know it, they're running out the door and going to college, right? And, and you're just like, what just happened? <laughs> and, um, but Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way that you should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The way I used to think about that scripture is I used to think that, well, you do your best, and you take them to church, and you, and you, you tell them everything they're supposed to do, and then they, they might backslide and, and everything, but maybe eventually they'll come back to the Lord. If, if you did it right, you know, they'll fall, but they'll come back to the Lord. How many know that's not what that scripture is about? The Bible's talking about a consistency here. The Bible's talking about we train, we develop, we instruct, and it's repetitive, it's over and over, it's, it's something that, and it's not just something that we have to wing it. How many know it's solid? It's on the Word of God. It's something that's already been written. It's already, aren't you glad for that? Instructions that are, before there was all these YouTube videos about how to, uh, you know, be a parent. How many know the Word of God was there the whole time? The Word of God gives you from A to Z about how to be a great parent and how to raise your children in the fear of the Lord. And so when I look at that, I say, okay, there's hope for me. You know, it's about leading, not pushing, isn't it? It's about directing, not controlling. And God has a way that they should go. Notice it says in the way that He should go. Not in the way that they want to go. Not in the way that you want them to go. But in the way that God wants them to go. The way that he should go means that the way that God wants them to go. And, you know, one of the things that's an interesting, uh, you know, we, for boys, of course, you're going to do four different driver's tests and you know, everybody's going to get their license and stuff. So recently we were doing the driver's test. And so what do you do? You have to drive for so many hours and you've got to, you know, practice this and practice that. Well, as the time gets down to taking the test, I've, I've realized, man, we got to get over the DMV and you've got to do that little course. And, and, uh, and then, of course, you know, Tyler took his, Riley took his. So I took notes. So I, I, I don't know if it's you. I took notes, mental notes about, okay, this is what they're looking for. You know, you're going to ask you this. They're going to ask you that. They're going to, you know. And then I found myself trying to teach just one of the, uh, the, my teenagers. I taught them, well, this is what they're looking for on the test. And if you do this, you'll pass the test. But then I thought, this is crazy because I shouldn't teach them just to pass the test. I should teach them to be a good driver, period. 
But how many times in life are we teaching our kids just to be temporary, behave themselves, or just be good for the moment, or just to, and not teaching them for life? See what I mean? For temporary peace or sound mind. We're doing that, but we're not really training them for life. And how many know independence is from the Lord? God wants your child and to grow up to be an adult. Isn't that great? So you can tell your kids it's God's will that you grow up. Amen. Hallelujah. But it is, isn't it? And we, we think of that classic story of, you know, uh, kind of the birds, you know, the, that story in there. And, and when they get old enough, they push them out of the nest or some just by instinct want to get out of the nest and fly. And they want to, you know, how many know it's kind of like that? You know, your nest kind of gets full and you got to kind of go a little bit. But there's that age where you realize, wow, they're, they're independent. They're an individual. They, they've got to live their own life. They've got to make their own choices. And that's what we train them for, isn't it? And, you know, one of the things about that, that classic example about the birds, and we teaching their young to fly, and it's great, you can get on that geo, and some birds are different, some do push them out of the nest, some do, you know, uh, you know, wait for them to leave, or some just leave the nest and you're on your own, and everything. Now, it's really good that we're not exactly like birds, number one, because we don't eat our young. Number two, right, number two, we don't trust our animal instincts. How many know we trust the Word of God? But it's like that. And, and so we looked at that example. We look at, man, there's a time that they've got to go and they've learned to fly. They've got to go on their own. They've got to get out and make those decisions for themselves. And everything that we did up to that point, we just have to leave it in God's hands and say, Lord, by your grace, I hope I did enough. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get up in the middle of the night and think, I didn't do enough as a parent. I just didn't do enough. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I, I should have done more. I probably should have, have you know, taken, taken a lot of classes, you know, before they were even born and then when they were five. And how many have ever felt that way? But by God's grace, we just trust the Lord that what we did or what we said, the example we led, Lord, was enough that they can be independent and they can trust you and they can come to a place where they're actually very successful as an individual. That's our hope and that's our prayer, right? But how many know families are an organism and they have to work together? The parents have to work together to raise their children and the children have to work with the parents to be taught, to be instructed, and to live it out. And so it takes a lot of cooperation. It takes a lot of working together. And so uh, one of the things that's unfortunate is today I see a lot of parenting kind of, it's almost all, always about image. It's just about the image of a family, the image, if I could, and they post all these things on social media to make themselves look like they have the perfect family. And some people just really pride themselves on image. And it's also about non-conflict. It's just about making your kids happy. No conflict. I don't want to deal with it. You know, whatever you need, whatever you want, I'll get it for you just so there's non no conflict. And the other thing I see is that it's about isolation. It's about, look, just a bunch of individuals living in the same home, going their own way. And that's in, the, that's in our culture today, is just be your own individual, even at five years old, make up your own mind, what you want to be and who you want to be. But how many know, kids don't know how to feel, kids don't know how to think, kids don't, they have to be taught those things. Amen? And so, I believe that what some people call individualism could really be called ignorant, isolation, or neglect. It's just basically people neglecting the responsibilities as a parent, people neglecting the fact that they have to lay down the law, they've got to teach some rules, they've got to lift some standards, and they want to neglect that. It's, and it's ignorance. 
Amen? It's not individualism. It's ignorance. But how many know God teaches us how to be family? God teaches us not just for us, but God teaches us for generations to come. This is how the Word of God is going to be keep alive in our families, is that we teach it and we pass it down and we live it out. Amen? Amen. But how many know it's important that we teach our kids to be independent? We have to bring them to that place where they're grown up. We prepare them for adulthood. Is that right? Amen. And so some of you have really little kids and you're like, oh, I got years and years. Well, ask your parents. It went pretty fast. And uh, I mean, it goes slow when they're throwing up, you know, and messing themselves and everything. And you're going to school and you're going crazy. But you wake up one day and you really do. And you're just like, wow, it's happening. And so I want to take a look at a closer look at Ephesians chapter six, verse four. It says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. That, that's a sermon in itself. It's great principles right there. But bring them up. Use that word, bring them up or raise them up or rear them up. And how many know parenting is about raising up a generation, about raising up people. It's about raising up or to build up or to bring up, amen, individuals who are godly. I want to just challenge you is don't try to raise Christian kids, raise godly kids. Because if you're just raising Christian kids, they'll go to a Christian church, they'll vote Christian, they'll, they'll go to a Christian place, have Christian friends. But if you raise a godly person, no matter what situation they're in, they're going to make the godly choice. If you raise a godly person, no matter who they pick to be married, they'll be a godly person. They're going to raise their children according to God's principles. Does everybody understand what that means? It's not just a religious form that we're giving our kids. It's life that we're giving our kids. It's a life. It's a way. It's a direction that we're going. Come on. Jesus is the way. God's word is the way. And that's what we give our kids. There's a way to think. There's a way to speak. There's a way to understand. There's a way to behave. Come on, somebody. And it's not just a Christian way. It is God's way. I'm training somebody. In other words, like a train, it's not pushing them into the direction of God. You're on your own. Good luck. No, it's they're following me in the ways of God. It's just like a natural train. Come on. You, you know, you're, the, you're that engine. How many know? You, you don't push a string. You pull a string if you want it to go somewhere. And that's the way it is. You bring your family towards the things of the Lord. You bring your family towards wisdom and common sense and hard work and success in the Lord. You bring your family there. You're training your children, raising them up. You're bringing them up. Deuteronomy chapter 4, God spoke to Moses and the children of Israel and He said, Remember that experience you had at Mount Sinai when I gave my commandments, when I gave the words of God, when I gave them to you. He said this, I said, I will personally instruct them to you. I will personally tell you what I say personally. How many know there's a personal experience? Amen to the Lord. Yes, there is. And then he said, and then the children of Israel, they will learn to fear me as long as they live and they will teach their children to fear me also. Amen. Amen. And so it's, it's not just about you having the experience. It's about your children meeting the Lord, having that experience and the encounter with God, right? And so for many years in youth ministry, we had to really push that issue is that, look, you're an individual before the Lord. You can't ride on your parents' coattails. You've got to have a relationship with God yourself. I mean, God's voice may sound like your parents, but ultimately God wants you to hear His voice. 
God wants you to learn His ways. He'll use your parents for you to get there. But ultimately, it's about you and God. Amen? Because when it comes right down to it, you shouldn't be able to just say, blame your parents and say, well, they did. And they did. It's you and God. You're responsible for your salvation. Amen. How I many know that's a good principle to teach, especially teenagers? It's you and God. That's a tremendous thing. And we saw it over the years when teenagers would begin to really make that connection that I am God's and He is mine, that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. He has a plan for my life, and it's about me and God. Man, that was a powerful connection. And we really saw wonderful things happen. See, and again, as I said it this morning, the goal isn't to perfect children. It's to equip them for life by the Word of God. To equip your children. And so I, I believe that, you know, just like parents have that responsibility of teaching according to the Bible or from the Bible, life principles, kids are also responsible to be instructed and live it out. They have that responsibility. And so your kids do have that responsibility. How many know you can't do it for them? They've got to obey. They've got to listen. Because why? What we're teaching them is when you get older, you've got to obey God. Amen? Come on. We're not going to be there forever. We're not going to protect you from everything. You've got to trust in the Lord. You've got to obey God. You've got to get close to God yourself. And so we're teaching them to be independent. We're teaching them to be, and all the teenagers said, amen. But anyways, and we're teaching them to fly as it were. And so I believe that, well, like one person said, it, if we don't teach our children to follow Christ, the world would teach them not to. We've got to teach them to follow the Lord. See, teaching is training, and training is talking. That's what it is. It's communication. And we talk with our children. We talk to them. We talk with them. We avoid talking at them. See, it's one thing when they're young and you feel like you've got to talk, say, 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 do, do, you know, do this, do that, and you talk at them. But how many know there comes a time when they're age appropriate and you've got to be sensitive of a parent, we'll talk about that, to understand that you no longer need to talk at your children, you need to talk to them and with them. Amen? And that's part of developing, hey, you know, I recognize that you're an individual. I recognize that you are, are going to make choices on your own, and so I want to talk with you about that. How many know it's hard to talk with a little five-year-old about why they need to do chores and how they feel about that? Because children don't know how to feel about things like that. They just don't know how to feel about, right? Come on. You, you don't talk to, how do you feel about, you know, doing this and doing that? Well, some kids don't. But when the time comes, that conversation begins to change. You, you don't just keep treating them like when they're 18 years old. Well, how do you feel? We, no, they should already know this is how I'm feeling about it. Now you can talk with them about it. Come on, but you don't talk at them. Amen. So it's developing, and we'll talk about that. But it's really teaching our kids. And so some people are a little nervous when I say, hey, we're teaching our kids to be independent. But really, that's what it's about. You're raising them to be adults. You're not raising them to be children all their life. You're raising them to be adults the rest of their life. And so you're with them for, what, 20 years or so, and you have that, that, that role to talk to them and instruct them for those many years. But for the rest of the life, which is so much longer than that, amen, they've got to base all their decisions and all these other things based on what you put in their life at a young age, what you gave them, instructed them in, in the rest of their life. And I, you know what I realized is a few years ago is that parenting is like coaching, and so for some of us here, I know you've coached, uh, for me it was soccer, and I just felt like in order to spend time with my kids and, and uh, enjoy that time in their life, I wanted to be their coach. Well, actually it didn't happen that way. 
It wasn't that. It was actually my wife said, the coach left, he quit, and they need somebody, and I told him you would do it. <laughs> so eight years later, I found myself coaching. You know, so I coached for eight seasons, and, or eight years, I believe it was, and, so, and saw a lot of great things. But one of the things I realized, and, and I learned early on, I, didn't, I got all the books and videos right, right away, and how, do, how you do this, and all the drills, right, and everything. And then I learned, as, I, as time went on, and, and near the end, I learned that one of the things they say is that you want to coach until you don't have to. So you... you you coach until you really don't have to. And one, one uh, they used to say this all the time, don't coach on the ball. What that simply means is that as the kids are playing, how many have ever seen those coaches with they're still coaching on the sideline, everything? Okay, back up. No, go forward. Hit the ball. No, not too hard. No, run to the ball. Now back up. Go over there. Stand. How many have ever done that? I was more tired after the game than my kids were. Right? Now what happened with that is they don't do that is because what happens is then the kids... They, they get trained to listen to you on the sideline and it confuses them as opposed to what they learned in practice. So what you want to do is you want to really get it you know, good in practice. And someone said practice until you get, it, uh, you, know, you get it right. No, you practice until you don't get it wrong, until it's something that it just happens and happens. And then at the game time, just let them play and see what they learned at practice. And so some people, our parents are still, I mean, they're in their 30s and they're still coaching them. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. And you got to make sure you get milk from the store. Okay. And it just brings confusion when you say, okay, wait a second. I thought you were training me. I thought you were giving me instruction. So we don't want to coach on the ball. We want to coach until we don't have to. And that's one of the things that's beautiful about God's word is it teaches that, you know, parents that, to train their child, but also teaches children how to live the life. And when they're old enough, they can begin to discover that for themselves. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it uses the word fear and admonition. And that word fear there doesn't mean terror or dread. Amen. It means honor, reverence, and love. It means it, you nurture. It also uses that word nurture. We bring them up in the nurturing of the fear, the nurture of the Lord. And so the fear of the Lord is that reverence for God, that honoring God. But admonition is that advice, that warning, and that counsel that we give our children. And we do it so that they will want to obey God out of a heart of love. Come on, somebody. Amen. Because I love God, I want to obey God. How many feel that way? Well, your children should do the same with you. Because they love you, they want to obey you. And because they love God, they want to obey God. That's what he's saying. And I like these translations. It says, training and or teaching so that's what the two words mean fear and admonition it's training and teaching that's what it is we're training them we're teaching them or training is disciple or are in discipline and teaching is instruction so there's discipline and instruction now discipline doesn't mean beating that's not what the word means discipline is over and over and over again until you're disciplined in it until you Right? Amen? Until you get to the place where you're, you're just, you don't need to be coached as much and told as much and you're disciplined in that. And that's what that means. Many people say, well, the Bible says discipline, so bend over. No, nope. it, there's many forms of discipline that he's talking about, but here he's not talking about that kind of discipline or correction. Right? He's talking about instruction. And I like this. It says teaching and training or training and teaching of the Lord or about the Lord. Also, it's training and teaching you learn from the Lord. What you've learned from the Lord. What you've actually experienced from God's Word. What you've discovered. And then I like this. It says that you're teaching and training. That's loving discipline and counsel that brings the revelation of the Lord. Amen. 
So in other words, to the place where you're speaking out of experience and, and about the Lord, this is what God says, but also to the place where they get it. How many know you've got to teach your kids until they get it? Amen? And so that's part of it is God will help them get it. Some of you are struggling with your teens, but just keep praying, God, they got to get it. Help them get it. Amen. And so, you know, that's God can do that. God fearing is God honoring, but it's also God dependent. That's what we want our kids to be. We want them to be God dependent. We don't want them to be codependent on us or other people all their lives. We want them to be God dependent. Teach your children to be God dependent at a young age. Well, you know, and it could be like this. Well, I lost this and I can't find it. Well, just pray and ask the Lord to help you find it. That's becoming God dependent. Amen? Then they get older. Well, I lost my job. Well, pray and ask the Lord to get you a job. How many know that's, that's God dependent? We're teaching our children to be God dependent. And so that's one of the things we're just God honoring where they'll just go to church because it's a re religious obligation because my parents took me to that church. No, because I honor God in everything I do. And I'm God dependent. Amen? Amen. And so one of the things that we look at Ephesians chapter 6, 4, he opens up and he says, don't provoke your children, talking specifically to fathers, don't provoke your children to to anger and but he says one of the things that's interesting is the opposite of provoking as he says in one translation is tenderly and with loving kindness so he's saying that we need to yep we're training them we're teaching them no he, with loving kindness tenderly teaching them not abruptly or harshly but tenderly teaching them and well that's the way I learned well learn a different way learn God's way God's way isn't always smacking somebody across the face. That's how you learn. No, sometimes it's tenderly, it's patiently. Is that right? Over and over again. How many times have you tried? How many have said, especially in the summer, keep the doors closed? Over and over and over again. I'm serious, right? All right. So that's the way it is. And so that's what he's saying here. But in other words, fathers, you should show consideration for the different levels of understanding and experience that children possess. Dealing with them at their level or risk causing them loads of heartache. So that's what's important is that we don't just say, hey, do it because you're told. Just do it because I said so. I don't know. We've got to make sure that it's age appropriate and that we're training and teaching so they get it, Right. I mean, every one of us would not work at a job where that's how we got taught. Just do it. Just show up and do it. Do as I say. Well, nobody likes that. Yeah, that's how we teach. And so the Bible says there's a specific way and there's a, there's a way that we can do that. And it uses the word bring them up. And that's part of it. Bringing them up is not just automatically. Sometime if they just kind of listen to my yelling, they're going to be good kids. No. It's bringing them up is a process that you do like you would with a garden. It's working. It's working it. And, and come on, is that right? Well, I planted the seeds and pff, there's the garden. No, that doesn't happen that way. There's a working with it. And I mean, you're out there in the rain and you're out there in the winter. You've got to do things with your garden and then you've got to do this. Come on. I mean, it's, a, it's a constant working, isn't it? And with your children. Now you could get worn out and that's a whole nother sermon in itself on peace and tranquility. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. Saneness, actually. And, um, but bringing them up. And so how many just say, Lord, I want to bring my children up. I'm not going to allow the world to bring them up. I'm not going to allow neighbors or community to bring them up. I'm bringing them up 
in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I'm going to bring in that training and teaching. And you know, sometimes, parents, you've got to realize that you need training and teaching. So sometimes, you know, we, we, we look at, uh, you know, some adults and they need to go back and say, well, maybe I didn't learn some things. So God was going to do that in your life. And so as you're training your kids, how many can lift your hands? Maybe your kids are older and you're, they're out of your house and you've said, when my kids were being taught, I was learning well as well, right? Come on, God was teaching you lessons as well. So it's important that as a parent, as a teacher, that you have a spirit of learning as well. Because God wants to teach you some things that you're going to repeat to your kids that, wow, I'm learning too. Is that right? It's nothing worse than a know-it-all. Won't teach anybody anything. Is that correct? That's what Proverbs says. Proverbs says that we need to... And so as a parent, just like a leader in a church, I'm, I'm a learning leader. Amen? And people say, well, you need to practice what you preach. Well, in family, that's almost impossible because we haven't perfected everything yet. We're still learning. We're still growing. So I'm preaching what I'm practicing. <laughs> Amen? And so how many know that's a parent? You're, you're developing, and you need to let your kids know, look, I don't have it all together all the time, but we're going to get through this. God's put me here. I'm in charge, right? God put me as the parent, and God's going to give me the grace and the wisdom to get through this, and we're going to do it, right? Amen. And so, you know, every situation is different, and we understand it. But let me just make it simple here, and we're going to kind of wrap it up whenever I feel like it's time to wrap up, because i got a lot of notes. When five more people are sleeping, we'll wrap up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah. Let's make it simple. Really what it is, it's raising children for adulthood, and that's what independence is all about. Let me just say this. Independence is freedom. When you think of the word independence, you've got to think of the word freedom. Is that correct? Now, maybe you're a parent, you're cringing right now. Maybe you're a teenager rejoicing right now. Told you, freedom. Jesus wants me to be free. All right, we got it. And Jesus does want you to be free, but his way. Amen. <laughs> got to throw that out there. But independence is freedom. That's what it is. It's really a freedom, and, and, there's this, and God wants you to come to the place where your children, and, t and you're, if you're listening to me, your teenager, God wants you to be to a place where you're free, not from authority, not from rules, not from standards, not from obligations, not from responsibility, but free in His way. His way of being free is being self-supporting, self-reliant, that you can work and you can pay bills. That you can, the Bible says that a man that does not provide for his family is worse than an infidel. If you don't work, you don't eat. We're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. Self-supporting, self-governing. How many know God wants your children to be... That's, God wants you to be self-governing, doesn't He? God wants you to have the spirit of self-control and discipline. I, know, I don't know about you, we raised all boys. They need self-control. They need discipline. They need self-control. They can become out of control in a hurry. Amen. We always joke with my kids. We love, love, love the movie Kung Fu Panda. But I could not let them watch the end. Because at the end credits, that song came on, everybody's kung fu fighting, and everybody started kung fu fighting in our house. <laughs> like, out of control, right? <laughs> Amen. And how many know there's always one that takes it way too far? All right. Okay. No, we're not doing real knives, okay? Um, yeah. Whew. Uh, they went through this one phase where everything was a sword. So anything and everything they tried to sharpen and poke and, oh, it's like, guys, seriously. Wow. Um, let me just say this. Freedom is not rebellion. 
Freedom is not division. Freedom is not reckless behavior. That's not freedom. How many could say amen? That's not freedom. Rebellion or manipulation, this is what happens with rebellion. Many people think, well, I'm free now. No, I'm not free. There's no freedom ever in rebellion. Never. It promises freedom, but never, ever delivers freedom because it always puts you in a place of bondage first. And so one of the things we have to say is that freedom is not rebellion. Well, I'm just going to leave my, the house and I'm going to... No, that's not freedom. Freedom is not rebellion against authority, against God's structure, God's word. How many know God will never violate His word? So God's not going to cause you freedom that, that causes you to be rebellious against those who He commands you to honor. Amen. So rebellion is manipulation, intimidation, defiance. All that's not freedom. Freedom is not division. It's not separation. It's not isolation. Well, as long as we're separated, we're okay. We're just two individuals living together. How many know that's not freedom? Freedom is the, the opposite. of It's togetherness. It's unity. There's, fr, there's, unity uh, there's freedom in unity. When your family comes together and becomes one unit, there's freedom there. There's freedom there. How many know you always tell your kids, when you do what's right, then I'll give you the freedom to choose. But because you can't, you can't handle this choice, because you can't handle this freedom, I'm going to have to choose for you or with you. Right? So freedom isn't that. Freedom isn't reckless behavior. It's not lack of discipline, lack of self-control. Many people think, well, I'm free. I can, in the Lord, I can do whatever I want. That's the opposite of God's word. That's the opposite of God's nature. Jesus didn't do just what he wanted. He said, whatever my father does, that's what I do. Whatever my father says, that's what I speak. I know Jesus was free, but as Bible teaches us, we're free within limits of God's law. We're free within the limits of our salvation. Amen? How many know we've all been free? It's for freedom we've been set free, the Bible says. But it says don't use your freedom as a cloak of careless living or misbehaving or reckless behavior. Come on, somebody. We don't go around using our freedom in Christ as reckless Come on, and irresponsible, that's the opposite of what he's teaching. And so, same with your children. But with, when we talk about these things, I just want to give you three things, and may have to wrap up. Three things here is it's important about teaching our children independence or teaching our children to, to fly or be independent. And that is, number one, engage. Number two, equip. And number three, empower. And I'll just cover those real quick. Engaging doesn't mean a power struggle. When you engage with your child, it's not all about, I'm talking at you, you, you know, sit there, don't let me, no. Engaging in conversation is healthy. They say the average parent only engages in conversation three minutes a day with their child. And they say that if you would engage in 15 minutes, they've done a study that actually those parents, now these are secular studies, that the, 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 the chances of them going on drugs, being depressed, it absolutely goes down by hundreds of percent. It absolutely goes down. So what happens is we realize that we have to engage with one another. Is that right? How many know you've got to engage with your children? Amen. And your children need to engage with you. That's why it's important when you just don't have a one-sided conversation. We have a conversation that they can speak and I can speak. Is that something, right? Now, many people getting confused about this. We're not talking about losing your authority or, or, you know, let them rule the house and let them do what they want. No, we're talking about engaging 
in conversation. So you've got to engage with your child one way or the other. Engage. And so that's important. And, and we could talk a lot about engaging. But also equipping. And that's so important. But equipping doesn't mean forcing beliefs. That's not equipping your child. Forcing things on them. Forcing submission and honor. You're gonna, you know, I get it. Kids are out of control sometimes and they need discipline or they don't know and they need to be taught. I get it. But I'm talking about a whole lifetime. This is how you raise your kids, every one of them. You, you think that, well, I'm just going to be a forceful person then I'm equipping my children. No, you're not. You're not equipping them. You're actually stripping them of things. You're actually taking away from them. And so we have to understand that we engage, we equip, and then we empower. There's a time where we have to empower our children. And sometimes, again, it's age appropriate. But we have to empower them. You know, the, one of the things that makes a great successful leader, a great successful businessman, and a business is when you empower your employees. I mean, that, when you, you have to be the one that you're, you know, after 20 years of running this business and you got 50 employees, you still have to be the one opening the doors, locking up, cleaning up, telling everybody, making this, doing that. How many know that's not empowering anybody? And what you do is you limit your employees. You tie their hands. You never give anybody authority. You never give anybody uh, kind of a role of a manager or whatever. You've got to be the manager, owner, president, everything. How many know that's not a good, successful business does not run that way? Amen. It might try, but it's not going to be successful. So a family's the same way. You just can't do that. And so we're empowering our children. We're empowering our children to make the right decision. We're empowering our children to choose what's godly, uh, you know, what's good. And now they need help through that all their life. Come on, somebody, to the place where they get to the place where we're just going to trust the Lord that when they get older, we've empowered them enough that they're going to allow the power of the Holy Spirit in their life to empower them. Amen, that's what's important. And I believe that if our kids see that we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, that we're led by the Spirit, that we're led by God's Word, that they'll be more open to being empowered by God. Amen? Being empowered by the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit, making those right decisions. And uh, it's always a risk that we take, isn't it? As parents, we say, well, you know, someday we're just going to let them go and they're going to do what they... You know, that's always a risk, isn't it? But how many know when we trust the Lord and we do it His way, we have a better guarantee of things being successful and turning out right? Because the Bible says, when they are old, they will not depart from it. Amen. So when we teach what's right, the way it's the, 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 teach the, the way we should be teaching, I believe that we can empower our children. And let me just quickly go through, and maybe some other time we'll cover this, just some common struggles. I believe uh, three things we can talk about more, but common struggles are control, codependence and conduct and so I believe that when it comes to control we're talking about authority a lot of times you know um, I want to just say this about um, you know control you're a, you can be a parent with authority or you can be an authoritarian parent we're parents with authority God teaches us that we have authority but that authority cannot authority cannot be abused amen that's what it teaches. So control. Now, I understand this, that two things. First of all, control in the home operates by principles, not by power. And the other thing we understand is that kids have a hardwired need for attention and power. How many know kids have a hardwired need for power? And ever since they're little, there's a power struggle. Come on. That goes on. But we want to teach them how to be in control of their world, in control of their mind, in control of their situation, and not control the house. And not control you as a parent. And not be controlling of other people. Amen? Because there's a control that comes with order, then there's a control that comes with 
def- uh, uh, you know, kind of the, uh, the dominance. So there's a, there's a good control. In God's word, we see that there, how many know we need order? And so we got control of this service. There's order in the service. But how many know there's not a, a dominance where we, we just believe that whatever I say as a pastor goes? How many know that's not godly? Ooh, two people. Great. That's not godly. Go to our growth track. We'll talk to you about it more. Anyways, so control. And, and I just, I can't say enough about it. But, you know, there's a God-given authority that parents possess. And, and you're not going to take it away from parents. And parents, you can't throw it away. You've got to move in it. You can't be fearful. You can't be intimidated. You can't abuse it. But you, you've got to move in it. Is that, amen? Does everybody believe that? You've got to do that. And so there's a healthy level of control that's necessary to raise children. Children have this, this also hardwired need for love. They have this hardwired need for, they need to know rules. They need to know boundaries. They need to know standards. They need to know structure. We say, no, kids don't want anything. Just let them behave the way they want to. But you know, kids that are allowed to do whatever they want, given whatever they want, usually end up hating everybody important in their life. And they turn out to be abusers because it wasn't done right, wasn't, wasn't shown right. And so being in control and being in charge has nothing to do with anger, aggression, forcible behavior. There's, again, there's a control that brings order or there's a control that brings dominance. God teaches us to bring order. Bring order in your kids' hearts. Bring it in, their, in your home. There's a control that you've got. How many know some parents, just their home is out of control? Home is out of control. And that's where we need God's Word. So we're not parenting out of fear, but we're parenting out of faith. It, you know, some people parent out of control, not out of focus. And, and when you find yourself out of focus, you tend to go in the area of fear and, and control. And I believe, we'll talk more about it, but I believe that we need to be parenting out of focus. God's Word is the focus. God's, come on, our family is the focus. What's important? What's, what's really important in every situation? What's, 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 uh, what is the priority here in our family? Not to get carried away with not what's not important. and what, what can get, Come on, sometimes you can get in these discussions, the arguments are just not important. Amen. You can get in these turf wars and these turf battles that are just not important. So keep what's important and essential. And so I just wanted to um, say too, is the scripture says in Psalms 102, ver, or Psalm 101, sorry, verse 2, David said, I will try to walk a blameless path, but how I need your help, especially in my own home where I long to act as I should. So I believe that you need to stand your ground, make the rules plain, but you've got to love like crazy. Amen. Amen. Because, because that really puts in order the, you know, the control and the authority that you need to have in your house. Amen. And then the second thing is codependence. And when Paul said this, he said that when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away those childish things. Notice there's a childish thinking. There's a childish talk. There's a childish mentality. But what it's important is that when we think, speak, and understand, we've got to teach our children, come on, to think like adults, speak like an adult, and understand like an adult, so you'll act like an adult. Amen? And so, one of the, but some parents are conditioned to do everything for their children. They think for their children, they speak for their children, they understand for the children they do everything for the children how many know that's good when they're little but as they get older they've got to do things for themselves amen because they'll be 30 living in your basement you're paying all their bills and they're not any more adults than they were when they're five 
So, come on. I've met a lot of 50-year-olds who are still acting 15. They've got to put those things away. Is that correct? Amen. Now, it's great to have fun. It, it, teach your children to have fun, but not be foolish. There's foolishness in children, is that right? And it's great to have fun and be silly, but don't, but don't let them be irresponsible. Yeah, amen. amen. I, I was going to say this next week, but I'll say this this week. I love that old saying that says, if you speak to the fool in your child, the fool will stand up. If you speak to the king in your child, the king will stand up. If you speak to the adult in your child or the growing adult, the growing adult can stand up. But if you speak to the fool in your child, the foolishness, the fool will stand up. Amen? Amen. And so, codependence. And we want our, our children to be dependent on the Lord. We want them to be self-reliant and, and make decisions, godly decisions for themselves. And that's important, isn't it? To be, you know, but that's a struggle. Codependence. I'll do everything for you. I'll do you, you ever see that one, I don't know who this is, what guy is, how old, I think he was in his 30s. He took his parents to court and he was suing his parents, Right? He's 30-some years old. Why? Because he's living in the basement. He refuses to get a job. They're paying for everything. And then they wanted, they wanted to kick him out of the house. So he took him to court. The judge is laughing the whole time. Like, you're 35 years old. You're suing your parents. Whatever. Are you kidding me? How many know there's a little codependency there that's not healthy, right? Amen. So biblical independence is complete dependence on God. Amen. And so we want to do that, don't we? And the third thing is conduct. See, the way that parents conduct themselves says a lot about how they conduct their children, how they raise their children. Don't raise your child so that you look good. It's not a dog show. Don't raise your child so they look good. That's fake. And don't live but out unfulfilled dreams for your kids, that's fantasy. I know a lot of parents say, well, well, I was good at sports and they're going to be good at sports. They may stink at sports. Right. Believe me, I was a coach for eight years. I saw a lot of kids who their parents thought they were amazing and they were the worst. <laughs> I remember, forget a parent came to me and said, oh, my son, he's been on this and that and this. he's got all these trophies in his room. I was like, sweet, we could use a star. And I was like, whoa, not a star. I was like, yeah, you got to actually kick the ball. So anyways, so one of those things. And so don't do that. Don't parent according to culture. Don't parent according to community or crisis. Parent according to God's word. Amen. And so I want, want to just say this too, is that if the childish issues are in the parent, then the child may feel that they have to be the adult in the house. So God's teaching us that we've got to grow up, Right? We've got to grow in God's Word. We've got to learn God's Word. Then we can teach it to our children. And that's what we should be doing. And we're learning together. So responsibility can be learned by a child if the parent takes responsibility to teach. You can teach your children responsibility if you take the responsibility to teach. And so that's important, isn't it? Don't allow the culture to teach. Don't allow the youth group to teach. Don't say the church should teach. No, you're responsible to teach your children. And they will learn from you one way or the other. Is that right? Some of us can say, man, I learned from my parent. It wasn't the best way. Amen. So we're going to teach our kids one way or the other. And it's funny because our culture treats little kids like they're adults and adults like they're kids. But how many know in the kingdom of God, God's word will teach us how we can act like adults. We can become, like Paul said, we can think, speak, and understand as adults. And that's the goal, isn't it? Why? Because two things happen. Number one, there's success in 
uh, our culture when we do that. There's success in society. When we teach children to be adults, come on somebody, when we teach them you've got to act up your age, you've got to do this, you've got to be responsible, when we teach them what the Bible teaches them, then our society improves. Right? And then the second thing is, as we saw in Deuteronomy, the Word of God continues from generation to generation. The principles of God stay alive. That's how the principles of God stay alive, is because we keep practicing them, we keep teaching them, we keep passing them on, right? We keep repeating them. Amen. And so I want to encourage you today, amen, that we need to teach our children to be adults, be independent, amen, so that they can be dependent on God. Be independent so they can be dependent on God, amen. Let's stand to our feet today. A couple other struggles that we could talk about, and we don't need to go into that, but it's important that we prepare them for independence. It's important that we, like Paul said, I, I, I came, became a man. I put away these things. It's important that we do that with our children intentionally and helping our children make that transition and in the childhood and adulthood. And, and so there's so many principles that we could bring out, but one of the things that I just wanted to, to bring here in closing is that, to repeat, is that your children are a gift from God. That's what the Bible says. And God will give you the grace to unpack that gift. God gives you that strength. God gives you that wisdom. To, you know, sometimes you feel like, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know if I'm a good parent. I don't even know. You've got to turn to the Word of God. You've got to allow the Word of God. I believe there's so much good material. There's so much good uh, uh, advice out there and counsel about raising kids and having a family. I mean, so much wonderful, wonderful teachings. But all of it stems from the most important book, and that is the Bible. And so what I want to do is today, I just want to encourage you, is that I'm teaching, I'm getting my children to go. I'm getting my children to be successful. I'm getting my children ready to take on the responsibility that life throws at them. I'm getting my, my children ready to be adults so that they can raise kids who they teach the ways of God and they can raise adults. Amen? How I many know there's nothing more than trying to raise Adult children, amen. Or grown-up children, amen. But we don't want that. And I believe God's Word is here today. I believe God's grace is there today for us, amen, that we really learn, Lord, what are the principles for teaching my kids? And they may be little right now, but look at your children and say, one day these guys are going to be adults. One day these guys need to make right choices. They've got to pick the right person to marry. They've got to, you know, they've got to get the right job and they've got to make right choices and how many know we can't control everything, but one thing we can do is control, call on the name of the Lord who can control everything. Amen? And who can do things? Who can do things we can't? Who can parent our kids like we can't? Who can speak to them in ways we can't? Come on, somebody. Amen. Who can teach them His ways? We can teach them in their head, but God gets them in their heart. Amen? And that's what we want for our kids. What are the ways of the Lord? And so I would encourage you, if you don't know how to raise kids or you don't know where to begin, start in the Word of God. Lord, where, where do I, how do I do this? And where do I, but you know, the other thing is, is that if you're struggling with some issues and you're struggling with some childish issues that you just haven't really learned, that Paul said you're just thinking that way, you're speaking that way, your mentality is that way, allow God to really do something in your life through His Word. You need to begin to learn, how do I become successful? How do I become somebody that's grown up in my faith? How do I become somebody that isn't struggling with 15-year-old issues anymore? I want to grow up so I can grow up, my, or teach my kids to grow up, and I can raise up grown-ups 
and we can grow in this thing together. I believe that God wants to touch our families today. How many believe that? Amen. Can we lift our hands to heaven and say, Lord, I just, we just pray for every family here today. I pray for every child that's here, down in the, in, in the kids' ministry, the children's ministry. Lord, they're learning your principles. Thank you for the children's ministry that's doing that. But God, thank you for the greatest ministry, which is the homes. The parents, Lord, that's the greatest children's ministry, Lord. And Lord, help us develop that ministry. Help us develop, Lord, our homes that we can be training centers and instruction places that we can, Lord, teach our children, Lord, through our lives, but also God's Word. We pray that you're going to do something fresh and new in our homes that, Lord, the world can see that this is what it means to be a family. This is what it means to have a successful marriage. This is what God can do through two individuals or one individual that really gives themselves to the Lord. Lord, help us teach our children that in their independence, they need to be God-dependent. Thank you, Lord, that you're raising up a generation of teenagers that are leading the way. They're, they're showing this generation what it looks like to be godly, what it looks like to stand firm on God's principles in the face of adversity, in the face of persecution, in the face of rebellion. There's a generation that's, Lord, teaching this generation, showing this generation what's good, what's true, what's godly. And I thank you for that, Lord. We pray you would bless all the marriages today. Bless all the marriages. I pray that you would mend them and make them stronger, God. I pray that there would be any issues that's among them today. I pray the peace of God would begin to, Lord, kind of melt the, the hard-heartedness or the issues between us that we would become one. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that we're going to see so many people in our city not just come to the Lord through salvation, but be healed in their home. We just thank you for that. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you need prayer today, we have a team that's here to pray. We'd love to pray with you after church right here. If you're new visiting with us, there's somebody in the back or someone will come to you. We'd love to meet you and get to know you. Amen. For the rest of us, God bless you. Enjoy your day.